You're listening to the Whiskey Investment Podcast, the brand new show bringing you all the latest news, insights, panels and interviews on the world of whiskey investments. Dig deeper into the highest return asset class of the past decade and look beyond the numbers. The Whiskey Investment Podcast is brought to you by VCL Vintners, the UK's leading whiskey cast merchant. Find more online at vclvintners.london. Hello and welcome to this month's podcast brought to you by VCL Vintners, the London-based whiskey cask merchant which approaches the market from a financial perspective to maximise returns for clients. I'm Alwyn Gwilt, whiskey journalist and brand ambassador. In this month's podcast, we're heading to the United States to understand more about the impact that tariffs from the UK and EU had on whiskey exports there and what changes we will see on these shores now that the tariffs have been removed at the start of June. Joining us is Rob Marin, the VP of International Trade at Discus, the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. He gives a fascinating insight into the trials, tribulations and impacts the tariffs had on distillers and of course UK consumers keen to get a hold of their favourite American whiskies, plus the knock-on effect to Scottish whiskies, and why the news of their removal is benefiting distillers on both sides of the pond. But first, a look at some of the latest news from the world of whisky. Following on from the heat waves across the UK in July, distillers are looking more keenly at how to protect themselves from drought in the future. A new project at the Glenlivet aims to curb the impact of this, with the installation of a number of small dams across the site, which can hold cooling and production water to keep the distillery running when the temperature rises. Any temporary shutdown can have a massive impact on costs to distillers, and the research project headed by the University of Aberdeen hopes the information gathered from the project could inform not only the whiskey sector, but other industries which rely on groundwater supplies. Meanwhile, a new whiskey distillery has been approved for the small island of Isla, taking the number of distilleries there to 12. The Lagan Distillery is the brainchild of independent whiskey operators Ian McLeod Distillers, alongside whiskey bottlers and brewers the Isla Boys. The distillery will be located in Lagan Bay and includes a new brewery building for Isla Ales, the only brewery on the island. And finally, records continue to be set when it comes to whiskey sales, with a rare cask of 1975 Ardbeg selling to a collector in Asia for £16 million. The cask is the oldest ever released by Ardbeg and contains enough for 440 70CL bottles, which the collector will receive over the next five years. And now to this month's podcast, where we learn about the world of American whiskey trade and tariffs with Rob Marin. Rob, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you. It's a real pleasure to join you and talk about American whiskey and American whiskey exports to the UK in particular, and the impact of tariffs, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been an absolutely fascinating time and maybe something a lot of our listeners don't know about. So, you know, we're going to be delving into that throughout the podcast um, today, but just maybe give us a little bit of background. You've obviously worked with Discus or Distilled Spirits Council of the United States for a while. So you've you've had a, a great opportunity really to see what happened before, during, and almost after as well. So maybe give the listeners a little background on who you are, what you do at Discus, some of the changes I guess you've seen over that time. I've been with Discus for about nine years. Discus is the National Trade Association representing U.S. producers, marketers, and importers of distilled spirits. Our membership ranges from 
the large global international companies, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, the Brown Foremans, Bean Suntories, Diageo's, Pernod Ricard's. Um, we have 16 director members, and then we have about 200 and always fluctuating and growing about 240 craft distillers in the U.S. located around you know 45 states. So you know we really represent the the full breadth of the U.S. industry. And I think interesting for you know this conversation is that American whiskeys were exported from approximately 41 states last year. So. The exports is really a, a national industry. While the bulk of it is from Kentucky and Tennessee, there's exports of American whiskey from 41 states. So prior to 19 or 2018, when the UK imposed its retaliatory tariffs on American whiskey to the exports, and of course, at that time, the UK was part of the EU. Prior to that, Going back to 1997, when the U.S. and the EU eliminated all tariffs on spirits on a transatlantic basis, we saw a 212% increase in bilateral trade in whiskeys, mainly in American whiskeys and scotch. So there was really a lot of momentum and a real, you know, focus, you know, for American whiskey exporters on the UK and the EU. And this really benefited American you know, created jobs, investments, consumer choice in the U.S. However, in June 2018, when those tariffs were imposed, we saw a pretty quick impact on our craft distillers in particular. And eventually, you know, that impact was felt across the entire industry. And to put that into a little bit of context in terms of numbers, between 2018 and 2021, we saw a 42% decrease in American whiskey exports to the UK from about 150 million to 88 million. And the UK is the, or at the time, I think was the top export market for American whiskeys and is now the second largest. That's if you break up the EU into individual countries, of course. So... But I think, you know, something for your listeners, you know, who have um, are interested also in the broader whiskey industry that, you know, the American whiskey and the Scotch whiskey industries are very interconnected due to investments, shared production styles. So when the UK imposed its tariffs or the EU and the UK imposed its tariffs on American whiskeys, our counterparts and friends in Scotland with the Scotch Whiskey Association and the Wine and Spirits Trade Association and based in London, you know, strongly pushed against the imposition of the tariffs, recognizing the impact the UK's tariffs would have on the UK hospitality industry and also on the potential for the US to impose tariffs on Scotch whiskey in a separate dispute related to civil aviation subsidies, which of course did eventually happen. And we at Discus work very closely in the U.S. You know, to urge the U.S. administration to remove its tariffs on Scotch whiskey for many of the similar reasons that the U.K. industry was urging the U.K. government to take its tariffs off. It was a long four, four and a half years. With the U.K., there's still work to be done in terms of the U.S. tariffs on Scotch whiskey and Irish whiskey from Northern Ireland. Those tariffs are only suspended for about four more years. But the UK removed its tariffs on American whiskey, whereas the EU suspended its tariffs for two years. So the EU's tariffs may be 
reimpose in about a year and a half. And our priority is to make sure none of them ever come back. A long distant memory is, is your hope. That's definitely what you're, you're working for at the minute. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's fascinating because I can definitely say there was a big shift. You could see it in, as you rightfully point out, in the hospitality industry and in the consumer subset of being actually able to get a hold of these products. And you noticed it. You noticed a lot of those really well-known American whiskey brands who had been activating either in the on-trade or the off-trade here in the UK suddenly just disappearing. You know, there were no more, no more events. There were no more, you know, gondola ends in supermarkets and things like that because it just didn't make sense. And I have, you know, having spoken to a lot of smaller producers in the UK and certainly in Scotland, that was a huge impact on them as well, because we've seen a, a massive growth in the craft whiskey industry in Scotland. You know, most of them just could not get their whiskey into the US. Or if they did decide to, it was at such a premium that it, it didn't make sense. So, you know, as a consumer <laughs> of whiskey, as well as uh, someone very passionate about it, I'm, I'm thrilled because it means I'll actually be able to get a hold of some really good bourbons and some good American whiskeys that I've missed, uh, for sure. Over that time, you said, you know, it's uh, a long four and a half years and you're still working, which is fascinating because I didn't actually realize that some things had been suspended rather than removed. So give us a picture, give the listeners a picture maybe of what is some of your day-to-day job really in, in that side of things and in trying to Keep the harmony, keep the peace here so that we uh, <laughs> avoid this in future. You know, focusing on, on the UK, you know, what we're really trying to do is, you know, recognizing that the UK's tariffs on American whiskeys are permanently removed. But we, the last thing we ever want to see is in some other dispute, some new dispute that, you know, the UK imposed tariffs on not just American whiskey, but American spirits and you know, there still is about four years until the U.S. tariffs on Scotch whiskey and Irish cream liqueur and single malt Irish whiskey from Northern Ireland, not the Republic. Well, I guess the Republic also for Irish cream, we could potentially see those tariffs come back. But what we're doing to ensure those tariffs are not reimposed, to ensure that no new tariffs are imposed on American spirits is working closely with our counterparts in the UK to, you know, help our governments continue the positive momentum of the removal or suspension of the tariffs, continue to highlight the deep interconnectedness of our industries and how the impact of the tariffs that, you know, the US would impose on UK products or the UK would impose on US products, the unintended consequences those tariffs have for the hospitality sector, for the retail sector. And then also in the case of the scotch industry, there are a lot of issues about getting used bourbon and American whiskey casks, um, you know, as a result of the tariffs. So, you know, we're working with the SWA and others to think about and, you know, work with our governments to, you know, maybe come together on some, come together to build, to continue that positive momentum and remind the governments about the interconnectedness and all the impact of terrorist has to ensure and you know that they will not be reimposed. When you mentioned casks, because that's really interesting, is that because they aren't being able to produce as much whiskey or sell as much whiskey, so production drops and therefore there aren't as many casks available for the secondary market? Or what was the impact there with the cask side of things? I think there was a little bit of that. Yeah, not as much whiskey being produced. Maybe a better question if you want details for people in the scotch industry to talk about the impact there. Yeah, given we are very reliant on those beautiful 
ex-bourbon casks for, for much of the whiskey maturation. And certainly all of our listeners, you know, if they're involved in cask whiskey investment, that is what they'll be buying. Good chances it'll be an American whiskey cask. So in terms of the actual move, what do you think that signaled to American whiskey producers? And I guess also more specifically craft whiskey producers. Did you see an immediate shift in positivity or, you know, excitement about the opportunities there? Or is it still a cautionary approach to things, would you say? Well, first of all, our industry, you know, is very appreciative of the hard work and the, you know, resetting of the relationship with the EU and the UK by the Biden administration when the tariffs were, you know, the EU first suspended and then the announcement of the suspension or the removal with the UK, there was a lot of excitement across the entire American whiskey industry. Discus, one of the other things that I oversee, not just my focus is on trade policy and market access issues, but we receive a small grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to promote American spirits exports. And we have an ongoing campaign in the U.K., Cheers Spirits of the USA, where we've been, you know, prior to the removal of the tariffs, just doing a lot of work to keep American whiskey at the forefront of UK consumers. Following the announcement, you know, we um, decided, you know, that now is the time to invest a little bit more time and resources in the UK now that those tariffs have been removed. And we were recently at the Imbibe Live trade show about three weeks ago at this point, and there was a lot of excitement from UK buyers and UK importers. And I know, you know, Maybe a year ago, we would hear from some of our craft distillers that, you know, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Some of them were in London and were very excited at the opportunities. Some of them to relaunch in the UK because they had lost their market share previously, but a lot of them to get in for the first time. And then we also did a very nice event at the um, U.S. Embassy in London to celebrate the removal of the tariffs. And I think, you know, again, I want to give a lot of, you know, thanks and credit to the Biden administration for their hard work in resetting the relationship with our important friends and allies uh, on the other side of the pond. I was very sad to miss that, actually. It was on my birthday, so I, uh, I didn't get a chance to come in and celebrate, <laughs> but I saw that come through and I thought, oh, that'll be a, a wonderful celebration to see these tariffs being removed and everyone excited. But it's great to hear that there is a positive feeling out there within the whiskey industry. And, and I know that's a reciprocal feeling in the Scotch whiskey industry as well, having removed the tariffs. But I would say, you know, to that point, the EU is a little different, recognizing that it's a two-year suspension that there is a lot of excitement and a lot of hope but as a practical matter you know a two year suspension plus all the challenges related to supply chains and just getting your product onto a ship you know we continue to highlight this with the administration i know we're focusing on the uk but you know you know we're very appreciative of the two year suspension with the eu but there's still a lot of work there to be done so it's a little bit of a different i've heard a little bit of a different mindset between our craft distillers in particular about the UK versus the EU, given the status of the tariffs. Yeah, very good point. Especially if we've got any listeners listening in from other countries as well. Uh, so, you know, they'll need to come over here to the UK to pick up their bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> It'll help our tourism and hospitality industry. That's, that's the only positive. So in terms of the, you mentioned a few more craft distillers, say, entering the market for the first time. Has that industry grown quite substantially over those four years when those tariffs were in place? And do you think we'll see a lot more 
producers actually being available in the UK now? I certainly hope you will, especially following our participation in Imbibe Live and you know a lot of the work that we've done over there the last couple of years to keep it top of mind. You know, I think over the last four years, and this isn't unique to the U.S., but you know, the hospitality sector did struggle mightily during the pandemic, and a lot of our craft distillers with their tasting rooms and you know those being shut due to precautionary, you know, very much necessary measures to reduce the spread of COVID nineteen. You know, the last four years, I think, were challenging. You know, in addition to the tariffs, but. If you take an even longer view of the growth of the craft industry, our CEO and president, Chris Wonger, prior, you know, worked for Beam Suntory years ago. It wasn't even Beam Suntory, it may have been Beam and I forget exactly what the name of the company was, but he said when he came back into the industry a couple of years ago to be the CEO of the Distilled Spirits Council, he didn't recognize it, right? Because of the extraordinary growth and the innovation coming from the craft industry. And I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it's something like 20 years ago, there were 20 or 30 distilleries in the US and now there's like 2,400. And, you know, I think, you know, that trend, you know, you've seen in other, you know, food and agriculture industries in the US and, you know, the spirits industry is really building on that. And I think now you're starting to see that craft spirits industry really you know, be exported, not the product, but the idea and the industry really around the world. You're starting to see a lot of craft producers and places you never would have expected five years ago. Excellent. And do you think there's a hope from the distiller side in the US to have the UK come back as its number one export market? Is that kind of the goal or? I mean, I think the goal right now is, you know, we don't like to rank our friends, but, you know, we just want to see, (laughs) you know, the UK spirits market is the fourth largest spirits market in the world behind the US, China, and India. Kind of amazing given the size of our population. <laughs> given the size of the... Value-wise, I'm, I'm talking value-wise. So it might be skewed a little bit of that because of the pound. Um, yeah, I'm talking purely on values. And, you know, the American whiskey category in the UK... So the UK is the largest market in terms of sales of American whiskey. So I think, you know, our members are just excited to get back in that market, continue to grow. And, you know, London is a trendsetter too, right? I mean, if you're in the right cocktail bar, if you're in the right retailer, the global spirits industry sees London in many ways as the beating heart, as the trendsetter that you need to be there for the global industry also. And of course, our members would love to, you know, be all across. You know, I studied in New York years ago, so... If and when I get the chance to go back, I'd love to see a lot of craft American whiskeys in uh, in the old city of York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I guess just, you know, finally, as VP of International Trade at Discus, what would you say looking back on these last kind of four and a half years? What are you most proud of as you look back now and in terms of the developments and, and where we're at now and what we've come through? I think what I'm most proud of is, you know, we brought together about 50 beverage alcohol and hospitality association. So the national, you know, Discus, the Wine Institute, the American Craft Spirits Association, Wine America, the National Retail Federation, the Restaurant Association, all the way down to state, you know, guilds, you know, coming together to strongly urge the Biden administration 
to remove its tariffs on EU and UK products, given the impact it's having on the hospitality sector, you know, working hard to highlight why the, you know, to urge them to get the EU and the UK to remove its tariffs, but also, you know, separately working with our counterparts in the UK and the EU to pull together very diverse coalitions of industries from vinyl, chemicals, some other agricultural industries impacted, but coming together to highlight the negative impact to both the UK and the EU governments, you know, coming together to highlight why tariffs are not good and, you know, why in this case, you know, tariffs, you know, are the negative impact that the tariffs have together. And I think, you know, the breadth and the scope of the other associations we brought together, some of whom might seem like unlike the allies, maybe not in the beverage alcohol space, but, you know, why are you working with the boating industry, you know, in terms of trade policy? I think that's what I'm most proud of is really bringing those groups together. And, you know, eventually, again, you know, with the support of the Biden administration and their recognition, resetting relationships with the EU and the UK, getting those tariffs removed or suspended. And I, and I half joke when I say that when the announcement with the UK on the American whiskey removal was announced, I had a, a small tear of joy because it took a lot of, you know, time, sweat, and not just for me, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, it was a discus wide, industry wide effort. I want to make sure that, you know, that's clear. It was every, all hands on deck. But when that tariff was removed, the announcement, again, it was a, a tear of joy in many ways because, you know, I say this and I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but I don't think there's an industry that's more passionate, more united, so many great people working in it. So, you know, for them to get that, that tariff removed, knowing how it would benefit their companies, you know, made me very happy. Amazing. And what did you toast with? What was the drink of choice to toast with on that announcement? An American whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We won't play any favorites. <laughs> Working for a trade association, yes. I <laughs> Just an amalgamation of many different ones you had in your cupboard, all blended together in harmonious fashion. What would be great, our counterparts, our friends in tequila, they do a... Um, Every two years, they have one of the master blenders. They send them all the tequila from like a case or two from each distiller, and then one master distiller blends it all together. So I wish I was able to toast an American whiskey like that, but we'll just leave it at generic American whiskey. 240 different uh, distillers. I think that would take a pretty uh, skilled master blender, but uh, fascinating. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us for the podcast this month, Rob. It's been really interesting just to get some more insight on what was going on behind the scenes and obviously all of the hard work, because I think as uh, we've spoken about, maybe people don't realize actually just not only what an impact it had, but how big of an effort it was just to help try and reset that clock. And uh, I wish you all the best for uh, hopefully making sure that none of these things come back again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll have some more positive news to celebrate in the future. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for joining us for another whiskey podcast here at VCL Distillers. I hope you'll agree that was a super interesting look into the world of American whiskeys and, of course, the impact that those tariffs have had over the last few years, not only to producers there, but of course, to the consumer. Make sure to tune in next month when we'll be exploring more stories in the world of whiskey. I'm Alwyn Gwilt, wishing you an enjoyable and whiskey-filled month ahead.